Good morning and welcome to the Social Collectives Podcast. We are on episode 42. We're so excited to be here with your podcast guy. Thank you for hosting us, Aaron. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have Eat Loco Farmers Market founder and owner, Dan Hines. Thank you, thank you. Okay, and then we have the beautiful Renee Ventrice with Cork and Keg Tours and ReneeVentrice.com. Hello, everyone. So I'm your host, Lisa Adams, and I am the founder of The Social Collectives. We are super duper excited to have Dan here today because he's created something that really benefits so many different communities, our farmers, our small business owners, and all of the population of Loudoun County and now Arlington County, right? Right. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about Eat Loco? Yeah. So um, we... Eat Loco is kind of a subset of a company that I started a while ago called Crimson Fly that was a marketing company. So Crimson Fly decided to create a webpage called Eat Loco that was going to give back to local farmers markets. We were going to do free marketing for them. So we started that way and uh, we talked to some of the local farmers markets to see if we can help them kind of pay it forward. We weren't going to charge them or anything like that. They didn't like that idea, so we just decided to start one on our own. So back in 2017, uh, late 2017, we started the Eat Local Farmers Market at One Loudon. We took that from about five or six vendors up to about 125, 135 vendors today. Wow, um, that's awesome. There, um, our sales at One Loudon. Um, started off being our, I think our very first year in business, we reached about um, $500,000. Oh my God. Um, last year, just for the regular season between the end of March and the end of November, we hit $4.8 million. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. So that is. Must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> That's that a is, lot of peaches. We, That's a lot, a lot of, of peaches. peaches. That's a lot of peaches. Um, we don't, um, we don't as a company take a percentage of that. Like a lot of markets do, we charge them a flat fee up front and they, they are very grateful and they come back year after year. So it makes our job easier. The fact that they're doing well, we don't have to look for new vendors every year. Our market applications for the regular season opens up in the middle of February. This past February, within 10 days, our market was full. So people are waiting on the, mm-hmm. their, uh, our wait list, uh, as I mentioned before, is you know, two or three times bigger than the amount of vendors that we have there right now. So how many um, vendors makes your market full? Like what, how many do you keep? Yeah, it's like 125, 130 is really, really the max. We, I always seem to squeeze in a last minute vendor that I really like, or <laughs> I think I just brought in a woman selling peanut brittle, which I love. And I, I try not to just do the stuff that I like, but something <laughs> peanut brittle is like, come on, how do you turn that down? So, um, but we have a, we have a huge diversity of vendors. They're just, there's so many ethnic foods that we sell that are either prepackaged foods or hot foods, but it's a, it's a, one of the great things about our market is people never have never said, yeah, I'm not going to go to the market today. I know everybody that's there because about 20% of the vendors are new every single week. They're not brand new They're They weren't there the week before or the week before. So we have a lot of vendors that are seasonal vendors. They're there every week. And then about 20% or so are drop-in vendors and we switch them up. Right. Awesome. So one of the things that I see that stands out about the one Loudon market is the way that you line the tents up. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you don't have the trucks back there behind the tents, which makes it a beautiful thing to see as you're driving down seven. 
And it's just alluring. It's like, oh, I have to go see what's going on there. There's so many people. Mm -hmm. It is packed every single time. Making FOMO. It's beautiful. (laughs) The different colored tents. And I think it's become a Loudoun County icon. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know if Beth Erickson is listening to this or not, but I do think Visit Loud needs to reach out to Eat Loco and see how you can incorporate that into the marketing about why you should visit Loudon. Mm-hmm. I know when people come for bed and breakfast or for concerts and things like that, they're going to want to get some farm fresh food and have some time to just walk around and see what's going on. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Very true. So tell us a little bit about your other markets. Um, let's see. So, one Loudon started in uh, 2017. That next spring, to the spring of 2018, we started Brambleton. They had a market there before. It didn't do well. We had a completely different approach to it, and now it's it's booming, and it's also full. So all of our vendors have a, about a 75-25 ratio of food vendors versus artisans. Brambleton is the same way, but it's a full market. It's more of a community market. One Loudon is more of a destination market. Mm-hmm. And One Loudon, going back to that for a second, We've got people coming from about 20 different counties and about five different states. And a lot of them come to Loudoun County just for that market, mm-hmm. So, which is, which is always a great thing. Our third market, we just opened in March. Uh, that's Loudoun Station. That's kind of a, it's in its infancy stages, but it's definitely growing. Uh, Comstock is the company that we work with over there. They've been great partners for us. That's definitely growing. We're, we're at about 50 vendors over there. They also had... A market there before that didn't do well. Um, mm-hmm. They were kind of tucked in the back parking lot. We're taking the whole street right up through the middle of the town. So it's it's a different style and a different. So you've market. only been there for a few months. So it's going to take a while for the residents and the people around the area to know this is a new market. It's being run differently. This is what we have. They're new vendors. Come check it out. Yep. So yep. what do you think the difference is in the way that you approached it? Versus the way that others approached it. Because look, it's the same product, right? So how did you do it differently that made it more successful? The the number one thing is that we all have skin in the game. So this is how I make my living. This is not a side hustle. This is not a weekend gig. You know, people say, what are you doing during the week? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So if, <laughs> if, if, I, if, I, if we do this well during the week, the weekend is our easiest day, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. If Absolutely. we don't, it is completely a mess. And so we work really, really hard. I have a very small team. Jason Plybon is my director of operations. He is kind of in charge of the markets themselves. Like you'll see him at one of the markets every week, or more, more than one of the markets every weekend. But between the two of us, we run it really, really hard and we run it really, really structured. So the biggest thing is that, and he's a, he's a paid employee and he, he gets, you know, he gets paid well and, you know, we have company vans and stuff like that. So it's not a, uh, it's just completely different. And we treat our vendors, the vendors are our clients, right? If, if the, if we, you know, make the vendor upset or piss off the vendor, you know, we could lose them and we don't want to do that because the, if, and if somebody has an issue with one of the vendors at the market, they probably won't remember them, but they'll remember us. And they'll say, you know, yeah, eat local market. So it's really important that we maintain a good relationship with our vendors. And it's not, it's not hard. I mean, sometimes you get one with an attitude, but it's, it's important. And that's a big part of my job is to kind of maintain that relationship. I go to the market almost every weekend. My wife doesn't like that, but um, <laughs> but I don't necessarily work it. I go and I just talk to the vendors and, and give them peace of mind. Nice to meet you if you're new, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they they really, really like that. We don't take a percentage of their sales, like I mentioned before. And that's huge yeah. because 
you know, going to a produce vendor that made $14,000 in one day and say, okay, fork over your percentage. It, it, it talk about, we were talking earlier about that feeling gross. That makes you feel gross. That's, right. uh, and I don't want any part of that. And I, in my documentation to them, it says in big letters, we will never, ever take a percentage of your, of your sales. I love and, that. And I do too. Yeah. So. You know, what's um, kind of funny, even if you, you have the upfront pricing, right? Right. And if you have that, it actually ends up being more than it would be if you took a percentage. It still feels better to all parties. That, right. Look, I've already paid my VIG mm-hmm. and now I can keep everything I make so they can work harder to make more for themselves without right. feeling like, well, I'm working harder to make this guy more money, you but, know? But so actually, it's just, a, it's a perception. But actually, if we took a percentage of that $4.8 million. You would make more. We would make more. I was like, Dan, more. I know you think it's gross, but damn, yeah. if you took 10%. Oh, 10 that'd be huge. But, but <laughs> the perception, though, but guess what would happen? You would probably have less vendors because they're not necessarily always running the numbers in their heads. They're just thinking about how it feels. So right. it sounds like you've really created a community around what you do, a community of vendors and then a community of, of, of buyers that all appreciate what you're doing in that way. They love that you're not right. taking it out of the vendor's pockets. Right, yeah. and they and they it, we have built a trust with them mm-hmm. that is super important to me. When we opened Met Park, Met Park is not in Loudoun County. It's you know a forty-five minute an hour drive. Most of these vendors are from Loudoun County. They know nothing about Arlington, but they will take a chance immediately. They'll go, oh my god, another eLocal local market. I'm there. We have vendors. Man, we have a, a protein vendor that was in one of the one of the busier markets in Virginia. They dropped out of that to be at, at Met Park. They've been in it for 25 years, mm-hmm. and they dropped out of it and said, "We're going to do your market." Nice. We have vendors that will only do our markets, and that's a that's a trust. Thing. I think you have some seasoned veterans in your vendor market in One Loudon, mm-hmm. and I just know a lot of the vendors, and they have been mentored by some of the vendors that have been there longer. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen that they're in the same industry. So, well, they're the, selling the same product, right? Mm-hmm. The same, let's just call it tomatoes. They're both selling tomatoes. And instead of the one person feeling super like, oh, you're in my territory, they've mentored them. And I've heard such good things about that. Like the community, it's an actual community of people that support each other. It's really nice. It is. Um, that's an interesting point. We've had vendors say to us, you know, like you were talking about setup and knockdown is that they say, we can't believe how you do this because in our other markets that are not quite this big, smaller than this vendors hate each other. Like they drive in and they beep their horn and they drop the F bomb and they yell out their window. And they said, there's none of that here. Everybody supports everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's phenomenal because I can't, that's one of the things that I do. We talked earlier about vetting the vendors and it's, I vet them to make sure, I mean, I can't be a hundred percent sure, but I vet them to try to make sure they're that kind of a person that's mm-hmm. not going to fly off the handle. They don't have that heavy temper. They don't, they'll work with me. They'll say, okay, we got to adjust things. We got to pivot. Somebody used the word pivot with me the other day. I'm like, that's my favorite word. I love it. <laughs> that you can just take say, it back, take say, back that pivot to your career. Yeah, All right. Exactly. You're going to take, okay. I'm, I'm glad pivots coming back because it was overused there about a year ago. And so when nobody was doing pivot anymore, so I'm, we're bringing pivot back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you, Dan, you know, your marketing is your back background. How did you choose farmer's markets? What made you decide that that was where you wanted to fill a need? So again, we were a marketing company and we decided to start doing something with food. We didn't know what, but we created this page off our website. Remember our 
company was called Crimson Fly, and we created this page called Eat Loco. It was just the name of a page. And we started putting food on there. We put, if you're pregnant and trying to work out from home, here's some exercises and just kind of all this miscellaneous stuff. And, but it had no, you know, we weren't making money off of it. And it was just kind of, and we had clients. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to my staff, I had a decent sized staff, probably 10 people at the time. I said, you know what? We got to give up on that page because we got paying clients here that need our time. And they're like, yeah, okay, right. So I went back and looked at the page about two months later and it was still being updated by my staff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm at like, three o'clock in the morning, they're posting. I know <laughs> that's exactly right. And I, I'm like, that's guys, great. what do you, and they're like, look, we all did it on our own time. We'd really like the idea and the theory. And, and I said, okay, well, let's talk about it at our next staff meeting. So next staff meeting, we brought it up and, and I said, well, let's see if we can uh, make some money off of this. What are some ideas? And somehow farmers markets, why don't we give back to local farmers markets? So I met, with one that's, I won't mention any names, but they're one that's here in Loudoun County, the only other one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no name, no name, Nady, mm, no name, Nady. I wonder come who. Quiet, come quiet, come quiet. But we, so we met with, we met with them and we presented some ideas like a new logo and a banner to go out in front of their market that says, you know, welcome to the market. You know, just some really basic things. And they, they didn't like it. And they, they, it wasn't that they didn't like what we did. They didn't like the idea of it. Like, we don't want a third party interfering with us. I'm like, we're not, we're not, you know, we, we, we gave a, we, we gave them a mock-up on a piece of paper of what a banner could look like. And on the bottom, we had four sponsors and we said, here you go. What do you think? And all the, the board, they're looking at it and they said, well, who are these people down here? I said, well, those are, they're sponsors. They're going to pay you money. I said, well, we don't know any of them. <laughs> I said, it's money. They're going to give you money. Do you know who Benjamin Franklin is? <laughs> Do you know who Andrew Jackson so, is? The so the, la connected. the last thing they said before they asked me to leave was they said, well, why don't we just put our farmers on there? I'm like, okay, you're not, you're not getting this. You're not getting well, this. Okay. All. And so, so I get where they're coming from, where they work, where I'm not there any longer. I've kind of evolved past under, you know, feeling, I don't know, weird about money and, and things like that. But the problem is like what they're doing isn't able to grow. You cannot grow that, which means you cannot include more vendors. You can't include more farmers. You're not getting your product out to the, to the people that want your kale and your corn and stuff like that. It's just not developed. It's an underdeveloped thing that the, the community needs. So what you've done is you've actually, you know, you've got your sponsors and you've got, you know, your paid vendors or however you're doing it, you're monetized. But because of that, you're able to expand and grow and bring this amazing thing to everybody. And I expand mean, to other locations. Right. And right. so for scalable. the people out there that are like stressed out about getting money for sponsorships or getting money for their time and talent and things like that, their ideas, don't be. I mean, mm -hmm. because if nobody wants it, they won't pay you. That's true. And if people do want it, they will pay you. Right. So that's one way to find out. So you've succeeded in that. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I, you're right. And maybe they, I mean, they were, they're a little bit more old fashioned. They run a farmer's market like it was run in the seventies and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But eventually the farmers will leave and the vendors will leave. And that's what I think they don't, I think they don't get that. Once though, mm -hmm. once they leave, they're never going to come back. It's funny. It's all about expectations, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And 
we had a, a vendor, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, but when she first started at our market selling her items, she hit like $2,500 in sales, and she was floored. Like, she was literally dancing in the street. $2,500 was a good market day for her. More than she'd ever well, made in other markets, right? oh, Well, no. We were her first market, and we're still, to this day, her only market, and she's in all four. Awesome. That's great. But the funny thing about that is, fast forward a year... Don't remember, she made $2,500. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a year, and, I, and I'm like, oh, we had a really good market today. How'd you do? And she goes, it's $3,500. <laughs> so now $3,500 isn't much to her because right. it's $1,000 more than you made a year ago, uh-huh. but now it's not much to her because she's making so much more than she's that normally. She's averaging so much more, she's so it's an more. average day for her. Yeah, and, but what, what's kind of happening if you look at the trajectory of farmer's markets is that they're expecting more. They're expecting more from people like me who run the market and are managing the marketing versus just go set up here and we'll keep our fingers crossed that people are going to come in because mm-hmm. people, you know, there's, there's, you know, this, this is what you do for a living. There's mm-hmm. TikTok, there's fa- Facegram, there's Facegram. Facegram. There's <laughs> Facebook, there's Pretty Instagram. Much. Boomer. <laughs> there's <Facegram>. Boomer alert. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many platforms and if they're not doing anything, they are absolutely missing out. Right. But going back to what you said a while ago, there's no skin in the game. They're all volunteers. And what you said something to me earlier, like, yeah, when you're a volunteer, you're like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Eh, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, right. What are you going to fire yeah. me? I'm a volunteer. Right. When so, I get to it, I will. But there's no there's no sense of urgency unless you've got a real passion for whatever, whatever it is. Right. And, right. and But you're also, if you're a volunteer, you probably already have another job and other things. Exactly right. But with you having people who are being paid to make sure this market works, not just, it's not a side hustle. This right. is uh, this is a an actual, you know, it's your career. It yeah. is your livelihood. It's it's how you pay for, you know, your fancy purple shirts. So, <laughs> well, I, 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 want, I want that color. I want a, I want a t-shirt. But it's, a good, it's a good looking shirt. I, I, think, I think, Dan, one of the reasons that your vendors take it so seriously and they have such high expectations from you is because they're making so much money. Mm-hmm. So once you start to make money, then you're like, okay, you know, you kind of click into a different mode. Like this is real. This is legit. This could right. be a thing. Um, and that's when you start having different expectations from the people around you. True. And, and our, our biggest goal, our biggest um, hurdle is getting vendors to see that. So we're giving them two things. We're giving them a place to set up and we're giving them customers and everything else is up to them. So if they have a low sales day, that's pretty much not on me. We've done our job. We've done both of our things, and we've done them really, really well. And something you're doing wrong. Have you ever had a vendor come back at you and be like, yo, your market sucks because I only sold five peaches today? Yes. And then I went back the next week and took a picture of his sleeping employee and and (laughs) sent that to him and said, here's your staff member that you've hired to run your stand while you're gone. Now tell me this is our fault. And I'm fine with accepting responsibility but it's usually not us. It, I mean, right. what else can we do? They're right. there. You've got to sell to them. Look, that's 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 what you're offering. It's very simple. It's very clear. It's I'm giving you this space. It's a prime location. All of your locations are fantastic. You were very wise in choosing the locations that you did. I'm giving you tons of marketing. Everybody's coming. Word of mouth on the street is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I personally have seen tons of people walking through there. It's always packed every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. Lots of traffic. It's like a concert, all the cars out there. Yeah. So if they're not making money, then what are some tips that you can give the vendors to pull the people in the, in the what do you call it, the walkway? 
Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. middle to come over to their vendor table. So some of the basic things are have signage and the sign, and this is a really tough pill for people to swallow, but if they would just trust me, they will see that I'm right. The sign should either not have their logo on it at all or very, very small because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your logo is. We want to know what you're selling, empanadas, peaches, sausage, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just put it in one big sign. We had a, we had a, um, this guy's not part of our market anymore, so I can use his name. He sold cheesecake and his company was called Laura Three Spoons doesn't say what they sell. And his banner said, oh Laura, three spoons. And he said, Dan, nobody is stopping. Mm -hmm. no. And I said, what do you expect? They don't know what you sell. And nobody You're eats cheesecake with a spoon. Oh, but his <laughs> cheesecake was the best I've ever had. And it was in a cup, a hard cup with a lid. Oh, oh it was okay. just, it was, it was so phenomenal. Did he change the? Yeah. The so, we, okay. so we, so we, I got rid of his banner and made him one and printed it and paid for it myself. Oh my and God. All it said was cheesecake. No logo, <laughs> no cheesecake. And no he, fancy font, very easy to read. Very easy to read right? cheesecake. And his sales and, went. And he, <laughs> his sales went through the roof. Yep. And literally six months later, I married him and his wife. <laughs> yes, he proposed at my market oh and, my and in front of everybody and. I married them uh, about a year later. So oh wait, wait. So you're officiant as well? No. Then? Oh, okay. No. So it's a polyamorous situation. That's fine. We yeah. don't judge. We don't judge. <laughs> Put it this way: they may not be married. Who knows? <laughs> well, That's something fantastic. happened that day. Yeah, right. So. Really, so this is really interesting. Um, what you're saying, I think the biggest confusion a lot of people have when it comes to marketing and sales is that they're the same and they're not. You know, it's just like if you're walking around a town and, you know, people are window shopping, right? You've got your stuff out. You've got it. You've got a place for them to go. You've got a product for them to buy. That's the marketing. The sales is when they come through that door. Do they feel welcome? Do they see what they want? Are they being, you know, guided toward whatever it is? Is there a person there that's personable that makes you want to buy or makes you want to explore? So that's their part. Your part is that marketing. You're giving right. that. You, you're giving them the space and the audience. Now the message is up to them. It's up to them. And and even if the banner is is bold and says cheesecake on it. It's kind of up to you to make that introduction. You've got thousands of people walking by you, and if you walk out of there with you know hundred dollars in sales, that is so on you. So mm -hmm. engage with that person. Tell them that's I love your hairdo. I like those glasses. I tell people all the time I like their glasses. I like those glasses. And next thing you know, they're talking to you, and you're going, "Hey, you want to get some cheesecake?" Mm -hmm. And you know, and it and it Simple. works. So you're but saying sleeping is not sleeping. How you do this sleeping, Number and I'll one. tell you the one that's. <laughs> I'll tell you one that's right up there with sleeping that's done even more than that are people on their phones. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh. Completely unengaged. You yeah. know, if they're really not making eye contact or, hey, we've got some samples, you don't have to carny bark at people, you know. Right. But, you know, you do have to look approachable. Um, have a dog nearby. Well. <laughs> Maybe if you're not doing food, and, and people will stop and pet the dog. What do you say whatever. about um, hanging out towards the front of the tent versus hanging out towards the back of the tent. I, I like in front of the tent. Yeah, so do, I yeah. mean, being actually being in front of the table even and just being kind of amongst the crowd yeah. and being approachable. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I The other thing that this kind of bothers me, There's it's not a, a rule of ours or anything, but I see a lot of mostly foreign families will do this. They will bring the entire family of six or eight and they will have them under the tent with them. 
And that alone makes them unapproachable. Mm -hmm. And I'm not picking on foreign families. I'm saying any family, but they're the ones that seem to do it the most. They like to do things kind of as a family, especially if they're cooking. So you got all this cooking apparatus and you got, you know, six or eight family members. I'm like, that's too intimidating for me. I don't want to approach them. And I'll so maybe away. what they could do is if they need to have all the kids together because they either don't have childcare or they're trying to. Oh no, these are mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. Oh no, these are oh. all adults. Okay, so then Not I any- would say treat them as your team and have them give out samples. Have them, you know, walk up and down in your t-shirt, like do something, but don't just stand behind the thing. Do you yep. have do you have people that actually do that where maybe they have a team member that goes out into the crowd and hands out? Samples? So they are not allowed okay, as one of the rules to walk the market. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can, I, I don't care if they stand a couple feet outside and have samples. Yeah, that's absolutely Okay, fine. good to know. Okay. Yeah, we don't, we don't allow that. We don't allow solicitors to walk the market hand out. We've, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen people from Chick-fil-A come over and hand, I'm like, you know, family. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want the customers to feel harassed. Right. By God, I hate going to that market. There's just always people handing me junk. Mm-hmm. We we do it sometimes for our stuff, and then we have sponsors that mm-hmm. we allow. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I, th- I can say this because I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. But Sunkist has actually contacted us. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and we're and we're also working. Do a little thingy there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that deserves it. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that we all know where that button is. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they're going to be uh, handing out um, bags of tuna because they're trying to promote the bags of tuna because they don't think enough people know about them. All right, let me know when that's happening because I am loving the tuna. Mm. My son loves the tuna sandwiches. Okay, so this is funny. I thought you meant the soda. I'm like, wow, they're making a comeback. Sun- <laughs> oh, sun. Was that sun? Like, the, the orange drink. Yeah, the orange drink. Is it the same name? Is that it? I'm pretty sure, yes. Sunkissed orange Sunkissed tuna. Yes. Sunkissed tuna. Yes. Sunkissed tuna? Yes. Starkissed. Oh, Starkissed. Starkissed. No, I was wrong. Yeah. You're right. Kumquat. 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 Stark. <laughs> we can. <laughs> no, we so, got to keep that. Starkissed. Sun- Star- oh, my God. Okay. So. Oh, they'll love me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cancel our contract or something. Sunkissed will. Sunkissed will. We can edit that. Yeah, we, we can edit it. <laughs> oh, no, it goes on. The, it, it goes into the whoopsie box. I say so, leave it. So that's okay, because people call me artesian plumbing, no. and I'm fine. Just I'm like, that's call me artesian feels like clean water. I'm okay being artesian plumbing. Just just call. Yeah, just yeah, call me. That's right. Yeah. I don't care what you call you me. You can be just loco just eats. Call. By the way, I, I, yeah. I need to talk to you later about okay. I know where I met you now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Was it something we can't talk about in public? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> No, we did it. We a did possibility? a We did a website for your husband years ago when we were just a marketing company. Really? And you kiboshed it. Yep. I did? Yep. Oh well, sorry. Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all. <laughs> why do you remember that? First of all, I don't remember that. And I don't think David remembers that. And all the things that I've seen you at, that's the thing you remember. <laughs> I think that's I think that's how I met you. Not what no, stand out. That is not how we met. Okay. I promise you that is not how we met. You have me messed up with somebody else. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you do. I have a question though. So let's talk a bit about you because it's pretty fascinating to me that you went from like a big marketing company and just, you went all in on something that's pretty small, that's pretty volatile. That's not necessarily that easy to do. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What, what makes you tick? Dan? So I've always, I used to work for, I worked for KPMG for a long time. I was the IT director. I, there's a lot of corporate stuff that I did and I, Decided to start my own company back in the 90s, an IT company 
setting up what's called a Citrix server in an mm. offsite location. And I would charge people to run, you know, Microsoft Word off a server, which of course you do now today anyway, right? So instead of loading it on your computer, you run it off my server. Well, then it became, everything was cloud-based and I'm like, I'm out of this. So I got rid of that, started a marketing company. And then we weren't huge at all, but we had about 10 people and it was, it was great and it was fun, but I'd never go back to it in a million years. I, we have one client left. It's an animal hospital in D.C. And, and I just, mm-hmm. just kind of hang on to them and just kind of do stuff for them. But this is more my wheelhouse. I'm able to, I've had, I have sat uh, at a bar next to a woman who's a, a vendor at our market. Uh, it was an event that was going on. So it wasn't like I was at a bar picking her up. Um, <laughs> Cheryl. And, and she said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she started crying and she said, you have saved my life. She said, I'm a single mom of two, and if I wasn't at your market, I don't know what I would do. And that just, I will never forget forget that conversation. And I've had 50 of those conversations since then. And that is what drives me. This This is the best business and the best time of my life I've ever had. And anybody that says you can't have a job that you love is crazy because there's two people sitting here right now that I know do. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm glad, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 63 years old this year and I'm, you know, I'll retire this in probably five years or something and, and just be done with it. But it is, it's been the best ride ever. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, Yeah, me too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what you're doing. You're touching lives and it cannot be overstated. The amount of impact that you're having on a lot of people, like the small business owners, mm-hmm. the amount of money that they're making is significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not nothing. These are business owners mm-hmm. and they're out there working and you're providing them with this amazing platform mm-hmm. to really be successful and do expand with you. Right. So do you give your vendors first dibs on a new location? That's a good question. So when the new location is... <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> it's hard, it's a hard question to answer because yes, I have I definitely have my favorite vendors that I know draw in the crowd, so it's easy to go to them and say, "Hey, got a new venue? When you want to be there?" But on the other hand, I don't want people to go, "All right, these are the same vendors they got in one Loudon. I don't need to go to them." So exactly. I want to kind of switch it up. I also like I don't mean to keep going back to my wait list, but the wait list is so long that I can build four more markets and use completely different vendors. Which if we end up opening up any more markets, I probably will. Arlington is a little bit different because I wanted to start bringing in vendors from Arlington to really support that local community. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of Loudoun County vendors and we have a lot of our West Virginia farmers. So Do a lot of for, the Arlington um, vendors come out here? Because I could see some. leaving your home, you know, where you live and putting your stuff out there in a different location just to spread out. Mm-hmm. You know who it is that you reach? Yeah, some do. Um, it's a little bit of a haul for them. Like if they're an artisan, probably not going to travel that far because they don't make as much money. But if they've got a good product, they'll come all the way from Arlington. The other thing is, um, I'm not great with that area, but Lorton, I guess, mm-hmm. is down that area. Lorton has a pretty big commercial kitchen called Frontier Kitchen. Oh, yeah, and, I've heard of that. And a lot of our vendors cook out of that kitchen, and they promote us heavily. They're like, they get a new client in there, like, Go talk to Dan, and they we get a lot of business from them. There's so. a Frontier Kitchen here in Loudoun County now as well. That's where I've heard about it, the Loudoun County Frontier Kitchen. Where's right. that? They have it in Chantilly. Is that? Oh, yeah, it is. So it's like borders yeah. at Loudoun. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Fairfax, yep. yeah. So Very Fairfax County. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So you guys are really supporting each other. I love how it feels like so organic, the way that everybody's kind of benefiting from each other. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is supporting the small business owners and the farmers and the community. And then Frontier Kitchen is throwing it back to you. I mean, it's... And Chefscape too. And Chefscape too. So all of these amazing places, it's, it's just so beneficial when we all do well. Yeah, That's the whole is. relationship aspect of it. Yep. And something that you had said earlier when we were talking about opportunities that come up for your vendors beyond the market when somebody oh, is there. Huge. Talk about how that happens. Yeah, so um, Big Kyle's Barbecue. I don't know if you've ever had oh, his. Oh, yeah, Kyle yeah. Norris. Yeah, Kyle, he's a great guy. He's in all four of our markets. He has told me more than once, he goes, the amount of catering business we get from the market is mm-hmm. unbelievable. It keeps him swamped so busy during the week. But we have a lot of that. We And we encourage that with our vendors. We're like, put out postcards, put out flyers that says, hey, we do catering. Build that business during the week. This is, we want you to do well. We we want you to, we've had, gosh, I bet we have had 30 vendors leave in the last six years that have gone into brick and mortar. Wow. Like, I love exactly. that. Exactly. But the other thing that's um, that I was told about six months ago that I didn't know is that there are, on a regular basis, representatives from Wegmans, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, like, uh, I don't know what you call them, buyers maybe, mm-hmm. that frequent our market and approach these vendors saying, oh we launch your product. Yeah, so they, the wholesale business that goes on behind the scenes that I don't really see a whole lot of unless I have to stumble across mm-hmm. it is phenomenal. Yeah, they do super well. I'm craving, I can't stop getting the empanadas. You said empanadas. <laughs> we should go to neighbors oh after God, this. I'm so hungry, let's go. So, um, but- the empanadas, I had my, I think maybe my first empanada at your market in mm-hmm. One Loudon, and they were so good. Oh my gosh. And I would, I just would overbuy. Like, I, yeah. I would just have like buying FOMO. Like, I was just like, I have to buy all the empanadas. I took every single flavor they had. But yeah. yeah, so I'm sure they get tons of catering business as well. Yeah, I think they all do. Um, I know you know this company, and it's, they're pretty new with us, and I, I'm going to get their name wrong. It's, they sell beignets. Oh, Bill Stats Yes. Sure. So they, it was a really interesting story. And I was just talking to him. Is his name, what's his name? Scott. Scott. I was just Maybe talking better. to him yesterday. <laughs> he runs out at our market like at 10 o'clock every morning. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. I'm like, he's like, I said, what are you doing out here? And he goes, yeah, we ran out. Uh, somebody's <laughs> bringing some more over. But we tried to get them for like three years. And they like they wouldn't talk to us, and like all of a sudden, then they got their brick and mortar, and they're like, oh, maybe we need to make more money. I don't know, but now we're they're at Brambleton, and they're will they be at the Met location? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you think it might also be a matter of being able to keep up with production? Because when you think about what it costs you as a business owner to come to a market, if you can't make enough, so like you're paying whoever is going, and you've, you're not doing whatever else you're doing to make money, if you can't make enough X Y Z. Maybe that's that's that sticking point. So True. what do you see as far as that goes? Like as far as volume, do you have a minimum that you tell your vendors, listen, if you're going to come, you need to be able to have this much? Right. How do you manage True. that that part of it? I kind of leave that to them. So the cost for them to be there is roughly 75 bucks. That's it? But that's it. Oh, um, my God. I need to get a vendor spot. So oh no, I don't even have anything to sell. <laughs> you're going to be a problem waiting list. So, well, it gets, it gets better. That's the most you would pay. You can buy 5-pack, 10-pack, 20-pack, and your cost goes down. And if you're a seasoned vendor, you're going to be there for all tw- 35 weeks. Your cost goes down even more. Plus, you get a bunch of added perks. Okay, wait a minute. You're not taking a percentage? Correct. Wow. So at what point do you pay them to be there? <laughs> I, that's the best. I think the best part of our model is that we 
because we've built our brand the way we have, it's been built very carefully brick by brick. They never have to, I never have to do that. I mean, I am looking for a bread vendor right now, but for the we most part- We have bread I'm, by Bianca in the group. So- There you go. Yeah, she's got phenomenal bread and they, I'm, I'll message her. Let her know. Okay. But for the most part, we don't, we don't go after them. They, they, it's, that's the most phenomenal part about this is I thought when I first started this, going back to your original question, when I first started this, I was worried. I was, you know, sitting there going, okay, I got seven vendors at one location <laughs> and I'm making $200 a month. What am I going to do here? <laughs> really? And, and then it started to grow and I'm like, wait a minute, what's Hold going on? Wait a minute. I can, Exponentially. I can, I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, you made Damn. something, you made something that can scale, right? Right. And you're putting it out there in the right way that actually does bring those people in and it creates this, this very welcoming environment. But you know, there's one other aspect of this and I don't know if you've explored this, but the fresh food thing is really becoming a, a bigger thing. People are getting less and less trusting of buying big box, you know, meats processed and protests, processed food. So they want to eat local allergies. Talk about a little bit about like kind of the health industry and like, is it something where you're seeing people who maybe they have some kind of a you know disease, autoimmune diseases, have food allergies. Is there, is that a market that you guys really promote to or? So when we, when we start, when I started Eat Loco, we were all about healthy food options. That's how that page got started. When we were the, comp the, the marketing company, it was a healthy food page and stay healthy and work out and stuff like that. So we had just healthy food vendors. And then we started bringing in artisans. And then we started bringing in people that clean gutters and painted houses and real estate agents. And I'm like, after that year was over, I'm like, this is gross. Mm -hmm. We're stopping everything. We're going to reconstruct. And we stopped bringing in those vendors and we, but we still brought in the bakers and the, mm -hmm. you know, the cupcakes and the not healthy foods, the lemonades. I mean, kombucha is good for you, I guess. Um, but there's a <laughs> lot of stuff that's not, not great for you, but we still have a lot of healthy food stuff. So we kind of have that combination, but you know, honestly, there's, <laughs> to be really honest, there's probably more unhealthy people than there are healthy. P I have always thought people either are healthy or they want to be healthy. That was always been my kind mm -hmm. of, my motto, I guess. So to answer your question, we encourage and we really like to promote the gluten-free, non-GMO, you know, organic kind of vendors. And we highlight them as much as we can to let people know, yes, they're there. Because they're hard to find. They're hard to find in our market. Mm -hmm. So we try to tell them if it's organic, make sure your banner in huge letters says mm -hmm. organic. We have one organic farmer mm -hmm. out, of, out of all of them. We have one. Mm -hmm. well, maybe, yeah, one. Uh, and it's really, really expensive to be organic. Like, sure it is. Like the you certifications. Have to, the certification, and they have a inspector that has to come out every three months to make sure you're following procedure. It's and it, it's just ridiculous. And this one guy pulls it off. And his, you know, I look at he brings out raspberries and um, blackberries, I think, and they're little. You you wouldn't look at them and go, oh my god, these are beautiful because they're not. Absolutely. They're organic. They don't. He's got yeah. no pesticides on them. He doesn't. Yeah. They're you know, and then if he doesn't sell them, he's got to throw them away. It's not going to last the next day. Right. And that's, that's the way it but is. But you do have a guy who just started selling burgers, right? You just brought him on and his is farm raised beef. His, he's a pork farmer. Okay. Yeah. And actually I just had this conversation with him this morning. He wants to start selling burgers. And as I was telling you earlier, I don't necessarily like burgers, hot mm -hmm. dogs, cotton candy, mm -hmm. lemonade. And I don't really mm -hmm. like, we have lemonade mm -hmm. vendors. Actually, we have two of them. And so I'm, I'm allowing that, but I don't want it to have that circus kind mm -hmm. of feel. 
I'm probably going to allow him to sell his burgers because he does have, he says they butcher one cow a month. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if that's your cow, then I'm going to mm-hmm. let you do it. And he wants to do breakfast sandwiches and we can always that's use nice. that. So, yeah. What kind of vendors are you looking for? If there are three, three, maybe three to five types of vendors that you would love to get. So I'm sure we have some listeners out there who are thinking, Ooh, maybe I should be a vendor. Bread. What do you need? Be, uh, bread. You said bread. bread is what one. Else? Um, I, we just brought in an Indian food vendor. We've had Indian food vendors before. It's tough because the, a lot of the Indian vendors we meet don't speak English hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And they just can't do well. They just won't do well. And mm-hmm. I think their food is good, but they can't interact with people. And that's a huge piece. But I had a woman that I contacted yesterday who I had waitlisted originally. And I called and talked to her and she's American. And so we had a great conversation, but her husband is Indian and he cooks the best Indian food. So Ooh. it was good combination. And, and it's not a, a racial thing or anything like that. It's just that I need to understand them. I need, they need to have some English and she well, spoke perfectly. It's yeah. just marketing. Yeah. So it's hard for me to communicate with them. We have some vendors like that, that we let in and, you know, I'll say, you know, your, your tent's on the wrong side of the road and they'll argue with me, but mostly because they don't understand what I'm saying. So right. it's, it's just really, really tough. So I'm always looking for ethnic food, more ethnic food. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to put out a list somewhere that says this is all the ethnic food that we have. I think it might be on our website, but so that's probably the second thing. Third would be, um, I don't know, I'd say probably toilet paper and paper towels because that's about the last thing we don't have. <laughs> I think. All right. I think we have. I think we, we know I, that can be a popular thing. I know. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see anyone walking through the market with a big paper towel or toilet paper <laughs> thing up here. Okay, so we are almost out of time. I really appreciate your time with us today because I know you. you're super busy, and I'm so happy to see you succeed Thank in you. all of your expansion. It's it's beautiful what you're doing. Thank you're you. adding color and economic growth to everywhere you go. Thank so you. everywhere you go, that. you're just spreading amazing stuff. Um, and I appreciate you being here. Is there anything you would like to leave our listeners with? No, just, uh, come visit the market. If you haven't before, um, if you haven't been there, you've probably driven by it and saw it and said, I need to go there. Well, now you need to go there. So please come out and see us. Loudon station. You had mentioned that it's pretty new. What's Mm -hmm. something that maybe we could do special to draw people there? And when is the next Loudon station market? So it's every Sunday. All of our markets are nine to one, one Loudon and Met Park are Saturday 9 to 1, and then Loudon Station and Brambleton are Sunday 9 to 1. Loudon Station, we just need, you know, we need more people to come out and visit and hang out. And we have, I know you know um, Gary Smallwood. Yeah. So oh, we've, sure. We've, He'll be playing. He's uh, he's not there every, I don't think he was there this week, but he's uh-huh. there at least probably 80% of the Sundays okay. until the end of the year. And Jason uh, Massey is also out there. Yeah. Quite oh, a bit. well, that'll draw a big crowd of 40 plus uh, yeah. <laughs> women who are obsessed with Jason Massey. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, so that's that's always a good thing. So, uh, yeah, anything you could do to... We'll talk. Yeah. Okay. And how, how long does your season last? When does it start and when does it end? Great question. So Met Park and Loudoun Station are seasonal. Yes. Meaning they only run until the end of the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay. And then One Loudon and Brambleton are year round. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, we split those both into two seasons regular season, what we're in now, and then the winter season, which goes from like end of November to the beginning of March. Excellent. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing everything with You're us welcome. today, and we will see you at the farmer's market. Thanks, and check us out at uh, www.eatloco.org. Awesome. Boom. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. So go out. Great All meeting right. you. Thank you.